It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, could Steve Wilkes be a possible candidate for the D.C. for the Falcons? And yes, we know they almost blew it, but guess what? They got the dub, and this is also why they went out and got that guy. And last but not least, and for the culture, Netflix need to mind their damn business. This is ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen the other day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. But T, when you think about this D.C. search for the Atlanta Falcons, there have been some really good names. We're talking about uh, 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 Vic Fangio, uh, uh, Brian Flores, you know, names like that, internal candidates at Frank, like Frank Bush. There have been some really good names people can get behind, but I think this candidate will be very, very interesting. Now, we know that Steve Wilkes is one of the final two uh, candidates, along with Frank Wright, as mm-hmm. far as the head coaching position for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. However, our homegirl Sheena Quick is reporting that the Falcons are, quote, monitoring that situation very closely. And Frank Reich has caught a lot of steam and David Tepper. You know how he can fall in love with people really quickly. <laughs> if the Carolina Panthers hire Frank Reich as their head coach, <laughs> T, how does Falcons defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes sound to you? It sounds like at least two wins in the NFC South by default in the fall. <laughs> Let's start right there. But, yeah, he is a guy who we saw up front up close and personal by covering the Falcons. And of course, when they played the Panthers this season, we saw a team that was ready under Steve Wilkes leadership, a team that was always ready and a team that competed just like the Falcons did surprisingly almost until the end. So if you can Mm -hmm. get out of Steve Wilkes, what, he at least saw in his days as an interim head coach, coupled with the fact that he had that defensive mindset, I think we would be in a really, really good position. Also, being that he was the interim head coach in D.C. for the Panthers, he has familiarity with many of the guys on the Falcons team. And I feel like that would also be a positive for the Falcons because, hey, it's like, okay, you've seen Grady Jarrett actually for several years now. So you kind of have an idea of what it is that you know he brings to the table if you will so i think that's a positive or even if we take someone like a a rookie like an arnold ebikati you already Mm kind of know what you're working with because he's another guy that you have seen at least for this year and you can say i bet when you're on the other side saying hmm that could be somebody that wow he could give us trouble in the future but if you can work with him hey that's a good look as well and for somebody who obviously the falcons Falcons were kind of always hybrid, Jarvis, right? We would agree, like, yes, yeah, technically 3-4, but always really hybrid. He, of course, brings the 4-3, which is what the Panthers ran. But, again, not a bad thing because at the end of the day, what Dean Pease ran was mostly hybrid anyway. So I think that could be a positive 
Of course, we're always rooting for him to get a head coaching position, but should he not get that job with the Panthers? Yeah, come on down 85 South. There will be a place for you. And Steve Wilkes is very versatile as well because, you yes. know, like, you know, we're having to working with those big guys up front and running that odd front because we know Big Derrick Brown gave all Gosh, type of yes. problems <laughs> all up and down that line of scrimmage uh, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons when they played against them. So, Steve Wilkes is a very versatile guy, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what you know um, Arthur Smith is looking for when yes. it comes to a, a defensive play calling. And I think that the one interesting thing too that that I feel like may have to he may have bring somebody with him because you know once he took over as the interim head coach, Phil Snow mm-hmm. was a DC in, in Carolina, and he hired, he put his boy at DC, Al Holcomb. Mm-hmm. There's some rumors or some talk that he may bring Al Holcomb with him because you know Al ain't sticking around for all the foolishness. Now he right. said, "My boy ain't get the head coach gig. I'm out too." Yeah. So yeah, you getting a two for one. I'm talking about when you're talking about defensive prowess and, and guys that have experience as head mm-hmm. coach. And Wilkes has a head experience as a head coach as well. So those are the type of things that can be not, mean nothing but positive um, for the Atlanta Falcons if that were to come about we'll definitely yeah. keep a close eye on both of those situations as they come about now t one thing i was kind of tweeting out the other day and i started it made me think about like okay mm-hmm. like teams seem to be really taking their time when it comes to like trying to really vet these 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 head coaching candidates right because mm-hmm. i know in, in the past there's been uh, uh, candidates come out and you got the Tom Pelicero's and, and uh, the Adam Schefter's of the world like yep such right. such is the uh, favorite and then uh, mm-hmm. 24 hours later he's hired and no nah, yeah. that's not necessarily the case and then they'll right. throw a little throw, throw a black man in there he's like yeah they hired they uh, interviewed the special teams coordinator mm-hmm. right check <laughs> you know? the you special know. teams coordinator's assistant yeah, they interviewed a special team coordinator's assistant that was already in house. Hmm, right. How about that? <laughs> yeah. but, but I think now I really feel like it, it seems as if that you're really starting to see the vetting process kind of stretch out a little bit. And I yeah. think the more this vetting process stretches out with these owners and, and who they talk to, I mm-hmm. believe like minority candidates are going to start getting more opportunities to mm-hmm. be head coaches because we talked about the the front office side and how that seemed like it's working. But mm-hmm. when the Rooney rule, what it was actually built for, yeah. it seems like, mate, hey, this might be something we might be making some headway here. Yeah. And because of what you just said, the Rooney rule actually working and it's mostly for the coaching side, but it seems to be working better for the front office hires, but that's mm-hmm. favorable, maybe eventually favorable for the head coaches as well, because when you think about an example that we talked about even earlier today, how if you're looking at Anthony Lynn and you're looking at Thomas Brown and they're up for OC gigs, uh, the commanders interviewed them, for example. These right. are guys who, when you look at, especially Anthony Lynn, you kind of wonder, like, where is he going to kind of land, if you will? Well, mm-hmm. when you have a GM at the table, like uh, the, the, commanders do right when you have a martin mayhew at the table who's making the decisions it makes a difference because when we talk about color right we talk about diversity of uh race or we talk about diversity of gender we also should understand that what that means is not checking a box but it just means your different experiences give you a different perspective right so there's diversity of thought so there are questions and thought processes or or just 
idiosyncrasies that Martin Mayhew may recognize in the way that Anthony Lynn may communicate a message or Thomas Brown may communicate a message where if there are, if all the people at the table look the same and they don't look like Thomas Brown and they don't look like Anthony Lynn, those guys may say one thing that is confusing, but could cost them the opportunity to get an, a coordinator's job or a head coach's job. So I think that where the real win is, is the fact that now we have what, six African-American GMs. Mm -hmm. And when you have six GMs of color, they're going to bring forth questions that maybe others don't bring forth. And they're going to bring forth candidates that maybe previously wouldn't have been considered like, oh yeah, he's good to be a D-line coach or he's good to be a linebackers coach. But I don't know about DC. I think when you have that person who has diversity of thought, they bring something different to the table. And maybe that's why you're starting to see that. And even maybe for the Falcons. Now, of course, they had Raheem Morris, and he did excellently as a defensive coordinator. But going back to that drawing board, if Steve Wilkes is available and you have someone like Terry Fontenot, who A, is a person of color, and B, also has the good fortune of having now been with two teams in the NFC South, so he really knows what Steve Wilkes can do. Right. Now you can see someone like that get a quality job. And I do consider the D.C. position with Falcons to be a quality job. You can see that person getting a quality look that much faster, which what Jarvis puts him in position to get a head coaching gig that is yeah. of quality that much faster. And, and that's what you want as as an uh, organization, right? Because if you're successful, yeah, team's going to start picking off that tree, right? Or picking mm -hmm. off your, your coaching staff. And that's what you want. Because yeah. if at the end of the season, if let's just say D Steve Wilson gets hired for the Atlanta Falcons mm -hmm. and next thing you know, he's a hot candidate. And at the end of the season, guess why he's a hot candidate? Because the Falcons defense was, got turned around. They are in the top, yeah. maybe they even uh, turn into a top 10 defense. And Terry Fondo starts to be more apt to spend some money on on that defensive side mm -hmm. of the football and bring some guys in like we talked yeah. about yesterday and bring in those free agents and, along with those veteran guys that can still you know squeeze a little juice out of, out of, out of uh, and get a couple of sacks from them and be mm -hmm. contributors to the team so when you're talking about all of these moving parts yeah. at, at the end of the season and Wilkes is that guy like yeah. hey yeah. he's going to be a, a, a hot head a head coaching candidate because you mm -hmm. know I feel like and I think a lot of people believe this wholeheartedly. Like he got a raw deal out there in Arizona, yeah. just because. Oh, no question. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Cliff Kingsbury yeah. actually had a conversation with Sean McVay, so that make him a doggone head coaching candidate. So right. yeah. Um. So, but now I feel like when the dude comes in and does the work, like he did with Carolina, mm -hmm. they traded away their best player on the roster, and they ended up being yes. in contention for an NFC South division title. Up until yeah. like maybe the last month of the season. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah. Y'all can miss me with all the other stuff about what he didn't do in the past. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, if this happens, I'd be very happy. And I'm also very happy for guys like a Jiro Ivero, who's in the second round of interviews. DC nice. for the, uh, and, and our guy, uh, Raheem, mm -hmm. Raheem Morris. Yeah. Uh, he's also uh, in the second round of interviews with the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah. Yeah. Some good stuff happening. It's popping off right here. We hope some good stuff happened to you because. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. How did they uh, fall apart in the fourth quarter again? But before we do that, we got to talk about FanDuel because it is our new sports betting partner right here at yeah. Locked On. They're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. Got a mm -hmm. special, special deal for you. They have so many great features that make sports so much fun and betting on sports. It makes it so much fun, right? So here we go. Here we got we got new customers. 
I need you to join today to get started with $150 in free bets. Yeah. Guaranteed. All you got to do, drop a little five spot right there, $5 bet, and you get $150 right now. Just join. So you can just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You're trying to win some games, win some money this on the games this weekend. The Eagles against the 49ers, the Chiefs against the Cincinnati Bengals. What's the spread? What are the odds? What's the over-under? FanDuel got all of that right there just for you. So here, it's an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So what I need you to do, go to uh, FanDuel.com backslash locked on, and you drop a $5 bet, you're going to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, Jarvis, I guess you can go home, you can go back home after all, and it works for you, right? Because it worked for Trey Young. He had a really nice all-around game in Oklahoma City last night. And, yes, people, Jarvis and I are not sugarcoating. We know that the Hawks had a 15-point lead that they almost blew. In the last minute and a half, you go from a nine, it goes from 15 points, five minutes left, to nine points with about a minute left, to one point. 14.1 seconds left is when, thank goodness, DeJounte Murray did what he did. John Collins did what he did because you still got to get it done at the charity stripe. And of course, final score is 137-132 and the Hawks get their sixth road win in the last eight games for Jarvis. More yeah. importantly, while yeah, this is not what you really want to have happen, but at least we'll talk about, we'll go back to old school like you and I used to do it. The good, the bad, the ugly. So let's start with the ugly. Let's just get it out of the way. What yeah. was the ugliest thing for you last night? Oh, it had to be that when Williams doggone stole the ball from Trey, you know, when, I was just like, and, and the funny thing about that T, I think they were up by seven points and I was yes. sitting down there watching the game and my, my wife, the wife, you know, she walked through the, uh, walked through, walked past the television, looked down and said, Oh, the Hawks are up. Oh, <laughs> and then as she was walking up the steps, I had my little slick comment as well. Oh, like, man, they about to lose this junk. She was, and she just bust out laughing. And I didn't know that I was actually going to be close to being right. I was just being facetious at the time. Right. But yeah. And that's when doggone Trey Young got the ball stolen from and dude went in there right. and did his thing. I was just like, come on, man. Not, not, not like this to this team because you, you're starting to look like these teams. And, and I'm, I'm about to start changing my. My, my 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 verbiage when I started talking about this team because it's just like you are this team. This is who you are. Inconsistent yeah. because you know the you know John Collins had an advantage last night when he had guys like Shade Gilgis, Alexander guarding him in the post and all of this stuff and had right. the size advantage over the team. You still fumbling, bumbling, and stumbling in the, <laughs> on the block. And I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Why? What's the? Why are you nervous? Are you nervous that that you're getting right. the rock right now? So it's right. just. After you asked for it, but okay. After you, don't even give me sorry, (laughs) you're triggering your folk right now. (laughs) So, but I think ultimately it was good that they got the win. But like those are the moments that we're getting starting to get used to, and I don't, and I hate to say this because. Even um, I got Robert Blackman reached out to ones at gmail.com and was talking about how it's so frustrating. Appreciate you, Robert. We mess with you, bro. But I think that those are some of the things that, like, as Atlanta sports fans, it's just yeah. like, man, why do we have to put up with this crap? Like, yes. like, why does my blood pressure have to rise because y'all can't doggone finish out games? Like, right. this is not 
it's just unacceptable. And, and I think that when you have these these mental lapses, mm -hmm. these are the, some of the things that you have to kind of focus in on yes. once these games start to get tight. Because when it gets tight, they get tight, and some yeah. somebody got to do something about it. T. Exactly, and that's go that goes back to what we said yesterday and what we've been talking about on this show for quite some time, which is in those critical moments, that's when your basketball IQ really starts to show up because your basketball IQ is going to have to take over in some way, shape, or form when your nerves try to take a over. That term been coming up a lot lately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because your basketball IQ should help you to know, oh, they're about to trap me hard because yeah. they're looking for me to turn the ball over because they know how much I, Trey Young, and this entire team have been turning the ball over the last couple of games as we, you know, as we've gotten out and even to some degree towards the end of that five game winning streak. Right. And then right. if you even look at the numbers back when they played the thunder on December 5th, you know what this team is capable of, you know, that they like to pick pockets just like you like to pick pockets. So mm -hmm. that's what, like you said, that's what was ugly for me. Like, dude, is that what we're really doing here? But I will tell you this, what's also kind of, I'll say the bad. And then of course we'll end on the good, but the mm -hmm. bad is, it goes to what you're saying. I don't think you're wrong as an Atlanta sports fan to feel triggered like this. The only caveat I would say is that you have a case that's not really as based on your historical perspective of sports PTSD in this city as it is just mm -hmm. last season. Jarvis, yeah. at this yeah. point, last season, into February, past uh, trade deadline, past the all-star break. Did we not start saying to ourselves that maybe we should accept the fact that this is a 500 team? Mm, we sure did. And, and we think, finally all yeah. figured it out and accepted it and said, okay, yep. we must That's be it is. for the play-in. Mm -hmm. It's starting to feel like that again. That's why I don't think you're really just triggered because you're a sports fan in this city. I think you're triggered because you saw this happen last season. The I've only seen this thing movie I before. exactly we have seen this movie before. The only difference is that we have two factors that we didn't have last year, and I'm going to call them good, and you tell me what you think. So I'll call those the good of this. Number one, Dejounte Murray. He did yeah. what he came to do in that last 14.1 <laughs> seconds. When you're yeah. out here, you know, pickpocketing, blocking, when you're doing every getting to the free throw line and actually making both of your free throws, yep. that's what counts. Yeah, he had a tough, tough way of it the first half. He went to the locker room with three fouls, and I was saying to myself, he is the last person who needs to foul out of this game. Because right. I said, second half, he's going to reset himself. And somehow, someway, he's going to make himself the most important piece in this game. And boom, there he was. So I think that's the good of it. You got DeJounte. And that may be why we're not having this 500 conversation the rest of the way of the season. And you got Landry Fields. And you have Landry Fields. This is the first time we're going to see him potentially in season make a critical move or no move at the trade deadline. We know that, or we now know that he was an instrumental part of the DeJounte Murray trade. So let's give him credit. That's what I think is the good of it, Jarvis. Having DJ and having Landry possibly get us to the finish line towards that trade deadline. Yeah, and I think when you think about, you know, the story that came out of Athletic about mm -hmm. him being open at the trade deadline and yes. not necessarily want to put himself into a box where buyers, sellers, yeah. you know, stand patters, like whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I, I think that's a good thing. And when you – when you put uh, approach the trade deadline like you do, mm -hmm. and they, like this West Coast trip is going to be real after Saturday yeah. against the Clippers, they're going to be out on the road up until the trade deadline. So uh, Landry's going to have plenty of time to 
he probably won't be making this trip. I, I'll say that to you. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays back in, in Atlanta and start working those phones or start answering the phones because yeah. you know that John is going to be a guy that's going to be talked about and, and bandied around. And I think mm-hmm. that for him to be able to make the right decision yeah. or, and I think the right decision may be not to do anything at all, you know, yeah. and kind of ride, ride this bad boy out and come up with a, a really good deal during the summertime when you yeah. don't have the pressures of the season going on and trying to figure out who you are. If you don't know who you are, stand pat, <laughs> you know, and, and you can f- have plenty of time during the summer months to figure out who you are and make the right yes. deal. So, cause that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I want to make the right deal. I don't necessarily, yeah. I know I was really feeling some type of way and, you know, really wanted to push John Collins out the door. But if it, if you're sacrificing getting the best deal, yeah, I think you kind of you you fall back and then you kind of uh, get yourself to get your bearings together in the summertime and try to yeah. figure that bad boy out then. Right. Because you got a DeJounte Murray from being patient. You could yeah. have given away, quote unquote, John, and it would have been a giveaway to yeah. as far as the Hawks felt like it at the last yeah. trade deadline. And you didn't because you could never find the trade partner or partners that would give you what you wanted or that you would get what you wanted from them. Seems like all of the rumors are still the same this year. You just can't find a second or third partner to even make a good three-way trade as it relates to him. And possibly, we don't know yet because we haven't seen more of that piece of the rumors, but possibly someone may be asking just a bit too much and saying, no, it can't just be John Collins and Bogdan Bogdanovich. It has to be a third piece. And if that third piece is A.J. Griffin or Onyeka Okongwu, the answer is hell to the no, no, no. No, 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 no. And even nope. to DeAndre Hunter, because honestly, just yes, stay yeah. away. And, and if that's what it's going to take, Jarvis, I agree with you. You may just have to stand pat because you did last year. And although we may not have liked the play in round, what we did end up getting was a DeJounte Murray who was not on the block at the trade deadline. But by the end of the year, once the Spurs started deciding that they were going to go up, to go in rebuild mode, the Hawks yeah. were able to get it, take advantage of that. Right on maybe, in, yeah. yep, and maybe that could happen again. So, people, we just need to keep watching and waiting and just hoping that Landry Fields being the good puts the Hawks in the right position, and Dejounte Murray being the good puts them in the right position as well to make a run at the playoffs in the back half of the season. Now, if you want to know about all of the inner workings, because this is a national story that everyone is following just as closely as we are. You need to check out Locked On Sports today. They're following that. And the fact that Jarvis, we are just a few days away from the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship yes. game. And those, to me, are going to be some amazing games on Sunday. So you want to know about that? Check that out. Or if you want to know about other teams and what they're doing out there, like the situation we found ourselves in where Clint Capella was back, but he was on limited minutes. Now Anthony Davis is back for the Lakers. He's on limited minutes, but how might that affect them for the second half? Check out Locked on Sports Today. They'll let you know what they think. And if you like for the culture, check out their take of the day. Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Start with ATL Day Ones. End with Locked on Sports Today. Absolutely. Now, people, listen up. This is an invitation to join the family, the Locked On Sports Atlanta family, because guess what? We got over 5,300 people that have dedicated themselves to coming to us each and every day. If you want to be a part of that 5,300, go ahead and go to YouTube channel right now. Drop in the search box, Locked On Sports Atlanta, ATL Day Ones will pop up, or Hitting Hard with John Chuckery will pop up. You check us out right there. Hit that subscribe button and make sure you turn on that bell for notifications so you can know when all that heat 
drops. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's how we get down on this show. Today is no different. How about this? I'm calling Netflix to Taz T. I'm fed up because, you know, like when I when you spend your money, like you want to do whatever you want to do, whatever you purchase, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just how that's that's how you roll, right? Like if I, if I buy a car, I'm I'm gonna treat that car how I want to treat that car. Guess what? Why? Because I pay for it. Right. I pay on it monthly. Or if it's a if it don't have no note, I paid that money. I dropped that money at that amount of time, saying, "Hey, this is what I'm gonna do with this whip." So yep. Netflix is getting all super nosy because people all are sharing Netflix. Business. Yeah, yeah. All of the folks business talking about like you can't share your passwords and we trying yes. to do this and do all that because so we can invest back. But here's the funny part, T. They, they said they they wanna they wanna stop people from sharing their passwords because so they can be able to invest back into their company <laughs> and their products. I was like, bull. Crap! Yeah. <laughs> like, just be a, just keep it funky, keep it yeah. a fuck. Like, you know, I don't mind you telling me the truth. You yeah. want a dog gonna do that because you think you're gonna gain a customer mm-hmm. by telling them they can't use somebody else's password. Right. But here's the here's yeah. the real. If they dog on wasn't willing to spend the money before, what makes you think they're gonna be spend it now? That you yeah. telling them what they can't do with their homeboy or their brother? password who trying who kind of get funky with 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 me uh oh now now i'm entering myself into the conversation oh yeah. okay i was like i said wait a minute it got a little bit it got chilly in here boy jarvis got personal with this whoa i was like jarvis is showing throwing shade for jarvis for the davis household so 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 full disclosure right you know how like like i'll bring y'all into the to the back to the back closet right now so I'm having a conversation with my brother one day, T. And, you know, somehow, you know how sometimes when stuff gets knocked out or they log out or something, power goes out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would borrow my brother's Netflix password and log in and stuff. So it got logged out. We got logged out. Short, Long story short, we got lo- I got logged out. Mm-hmm. And I hit my brother up and I called him. I was like, hey, bro, I need your password for the Netflix. His doggone butt. Well, you know. Netflix starting to crack down on people sharing their passwords. I'm like, I almost said something just now. <laughs> so I, right. like, I ain't gonna say what I said to him on the phone, but I think he got a good idea what I said the first word that came out of my mouth. <laughs> oh yeah. Not so I'm sitting up here like, see, this is like, see what you're doing, Netflix? You breaking up happy homes. You tripping. Stop! Stop it! Yeah. And mind your doggone business. Mind yeah. your business. It's my business if I want to share my password with somebody. Yeah. And guess what? You ain't gonna gain no new customer by doing that yeah. either way. They're just gonna go somewhere else and try to get for free. They really Come will. On now. Right. And the thing of it is, real talk. A lot of people who share those passwords, they're gonna pass on a little dollar to their family member, right? Yeah. Uh, and say, hey, you know, I'll shoot you ten here, twenty there, whatever. For, for you allowing me to use my password. I'm not saying it's right, but Netflix, we're just trying to keep it real and help you to understand the reality of what you're asking of people. Yeah, come on, and man. literally, they might say, well, you know what? If you're going to try to make me pay for this service all out of my own pocket, I don't care how much the service is. It might be the principle of it. Well, I'm not doing it. As opposed mm-hmm. to Amazon Prime, which will allow you to what have up to three devices that you can legally utilize under that same umbrella. It works. Like, why don't you do what they're doing? It's almost like Amazon has kind of like a Walmart process or, you know, mindset or approach to theirs where it's like in bulk, 
Whereas mm-hmm. Netflix is trying to be a little bit too much of a boutique. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, Netflix. Acting yeah. like your product all day. Works. I was about to say, and your product is, I mean, it's solid, but, and granted, I'm not a TV yeah, or movie yeah. person, but I mean, whatever. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, I just really, Jarvis, let's see where a month from now, three months from now, let's see what this conversation is, because I don't think this is what it's going to be. Yeah, we'll, and apparently they are going to start it enforcing this um in the spring so we'll keep it okay, on whatever. we're gonna keep an eye also another eye that we're gonna keep on is this uh a mr uh let me see make sure i got his name right mr marcus stokes t just received yeah. an offer from albany state university marcus uh, mr marcus mr marcus stokes if for those you don't know he is the young man that uh got a caught on video you know Rapping the lyrics to a song, and he uh dropped the the word that you're not supposed to use. Starts with an N, ends with an A. Depending on who's or ER, I mean, just <laughs> or ER, depending on depending on who who, like, who you talk to. You know, if you th- if you use the ER or the A, and you you know look like Mr. Stokes, you probably ain't no probably you shouldn't use you shouldn't be you repeating those words. So, but but here's the thing though. All seriousness though, at the end of the day, T, this is my school. I ain't got no problem with the, with Coach Gray sending the man an offer. Yeah. Now, however, if that offer turns into a signed letter of intent, mm-hmm. let me tell you something, Mr. Stokes. You better be ready. Yes. Because yes. it ain't going to be no politically correct type of way you're going to be approached about this situation. Yeah. Like, I promise you, I don't even know the cat's name on the, on the team, but I know Player X will approach you, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to answer some real questions, dog. Yes, yes. I'm telling you because things are a little different at HBCUs versus the PWI. Like, you can talk about the conditions and all that stuff, but guess what? You can count on when you step on campus on that football field at any HBCU because I've interacted with a lot of guys who played. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's real. Ain't no politically correct stuff going on, and I'm telling you, you better be ready to answer that question. And yeah. it better be right. <laughs> I, I, I just keep it at that, sir. Yeah. And be, yeah, and be prepared for questions from the media. Be prepared for questions from parents. Be prepared for questions coming at you from every direction because it literally begs the question of, okay, the guy who dropped the G is the guy you offered a letter to come to the black school after mm-hmm. he dropped the worst word you can. Although... Like we said, he was rapping a song. It was a part of, you know, just the lyrics, the lyrics. But also you need to think about what many have said. Uh, uh, John B. I just saw him in concert a couple of weeks ago and he talked about the things he does not do. And he is a man with a black wife and with biracial children. And there's Absolutely. words he doesn't say and things he doesn't do. Eminem, who had a white wife and, you know, still he is like, I'm a white male. And there are certain things that I don't do out of respect for my black friends, out of respect for my black colleagues in this industry, just because. And quote unquote, those are the individuals that allegedly would get the pass or like our guy who might be the wokest dude I've ever met, Andy, our guy, Andy, Andy even went in like, no, to just no. So like you said, coach and that that athletic department director and the president of the university, Everybody in leadership needs to be prepared that if this young man, if Marcus Stokes decides to sign on the dotted line, be ready for the questions because they're going to come early and often. 
Yeah, and and that's it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm waiting on. Like, I don't care about offers. Offers don't mean anything to me. That's for social media. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, you know that's that's what that is. So once he signed that letter of intent, mm-hmm. really, we're gonna have to have a talk. Yeah, <laughs> okay. How good you are, anyway. But we want to say this though. Thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available where you download your podcast, and also where you download your podcast. Check out Locked On Sports today. Make that your second listen. They got a lot of good stuff. They talking about all the good national news. They might be talking about Mr. Stokes as well. So, yeah, we want you to make sure you do that, and you can find it wherever you find this podcast. Folks, if you don't do anything in life, make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.